This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 21 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the podcast if you are feeling super generous and anything would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I'm Gerard Detroit here with Paul Vosh. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, starting to feel a bit better now. I mean, it's been a while since we've recorded, and I think it was like a combination of like both of us kind of getting busy and then me getting really bad sinus infection over the weekend. So uh, now I'm starting to feel better. Let's just say if we had recorded like, I don't know, a day or two ago, I would have sounded very differently than I do right now. Yeah, but uh, I think it was perfect timing because we managed to get in probably some of the latest Noah show that we'll talk about later. Paul, breaking news. Uh, from at Metal0515 on Twitter. Now Keiji Muto is on a radio show saying he is worried about Sting's fee because of the weaker yen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I wonder what his solution for that is going to be. Is he like, is he going to be like, hey, let's sell more uh, like $3,500 like, tickets? He can, pull, he can pay him in Global Force Gold. Oh, God, yeah, that would be amazing if you just did that instead. Just <laughs> Oh, God, what if they bring in Jeff Jarrett? Oh, please. <laughs> uh, but I assume that they've got to sort of bring him in. They've got to bring Sting in one way or another now that it's already announced and everything. So Yeah, yeah, now, now you can't back out of it now. Where you're, like, you did the whole thing on Rampage, and you, like, did a whole big deal about it. You had Tony Khan talk about it and everything, and then you can't just back out because you're like, Oh, the exchange rate's bad, so now I have to technically pay him more. Like, kind of a bit, would be a bit shit. <laughs> but it's the most Mudo comment ever, for sure. Yes, absolutely. To, like, to not to, like, hype up the show, but to complain about the cost. I was like, dude, you're going to get a shitload of money out of it anyway. Like, you're fine. 
And so uh, since the last time we recorded, uh, I guess we should probably talk about the passing of Antonio Inoki, um, obviously one of the biggest names in professional wrestling history, although this podcast is very much the child of Giant Baba, I suppose, um, in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, I mean, when I would have first started following Japanese wrestling in 1999, <laughs> you know, Inoki was sort of on his reign of terror uh, and everything, sort of driving out Shinya Hashimoto out of the company. And then, you know, I was there for all of the infamous stuff like uh, Nagata getting knocked out by Mirko Crow Cop and stuff. So I have very complex feelings about Inoki <laughs> and certainly my initial introduction to him was um not great <laughs> yeah what yeah no for feel? me for me it was more like kind of like because i got into it kind of after that when he was pretty much just like i don't know when he was more like just like a legend basically like he wasn't really all that active anymore he like all he was doing was really like igf stuff basically at that point um so that's really like my first impression of him and then obviously kind of like finding out all of the like stuff that he did as a politician and everything like definitely like a very complex person i would say someone that is obviously hugely important for the history of wrestling like not just in japan but like in general but also someone that did a bunch of shady stuff as well like the way his political career ended where he embezzled a bunch of money and basically got kicked out and some of this like kind of weirder political beliefs as well uh, and then obviously him nearly destroying new japan but then obviously i mean yes he nearly destroyed new japan but there also wouldn't be a new japan without him like don't think people can like like i don't think like i know, I know people know that he's like the founder but you really kind of need to read up on the whole process, how like New Japan even got fun. Like you could actually argue that without Anoki, there's also no All Japan. Because, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, like if you actually want to listen to like a more like, con like concrete, like breakdown of the whole like story of like how that happened is uh, the, uh, uh, it's actually over uh, on the Eastern Lariat. You have the, um, uh, they actually had an episode where they talk about uh, uh, the whole kind of like Inoki and Baba and the breakup of the JWA uh, with, how do you pronounce it, Kinch, I think? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Who also did an excellent series of articles on it as well. And really like Inoki kind of breaking off or kind of getting failing in his coup in the JWA and then let that led into the formation of New Japan is also very key to Baba leaving the JWA as well and forming All Japan. So really without Inoki, if Inoki never gets into wrestling or whatever, if he's just like a dude that just stays in like Brazil, like if he never gets found, uh, then there's a real possibility that this is like a JWA podcast. But then again, that would be kind of be like, the monopoly promotion in Japan, like, and there wouldn't really be anything else. Like, I guess maybe there would be a DDT, but there wouldn't be a NOAH. There wouldn't be an All Japan. There wouldn't be a New Japan. Like, the, the, the whole landscape of Japanese wrestling would look so vastly different. Yeah, I mean, I think 
if Inoki never becomes a pro wrestler, though, Baba would have still been the top guy in the JWA and like he would have gotten all the power because like the T uh, NTV would have backed him, which was basically the, the case. Yeah. Was it not? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, like he would have still been like the main guy and everything. So, um, but I mean, that's still like, it's still a different kind of, like there is an entire generation of wrestlers that were like JWA mainstays that basically left the business when that promotion went under. And those guys would have stayed hugely influential, which again, I think would have had an influence on who actually gets pushed. And like, it's, obviously it's not going to be completely different, but there's definitely certain things that would have gone a different way in, under like, like a JWA led, uh, like a Baba led JWA is still different from all Japan, I would say. Yes, probably, definitely. But in any timeline, Russia Kimura, Kimura would have been the king of the cage match. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That happens. Regard that that is a, that is a fixed point in the space time continuum. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, I just have like really complex thoughts. Obviously, I recognize like how legendary he is, but obviously, my first introduction to him was uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. That's just like literally the first thing you see coming into it. It's, uh, the first thing you see is Inoki just being like. No, it's fine that Nagata got knocked out by Krokov. I, I that, think that's, that's, one, that's good for the business, actually. Well, one of the first things I would have read about Inoki was like the whole Naoya Ogawa versus Hashimoto thing. So that just, uh, you know, put things in perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, it's... <laughs> uh, and Kendo Kashin winning the title after Gracie blows out his, after Gracie blows out his leg. <laughs> yep so many fascinating things that are just going on and i thought just we had to address that because mm -hmm. i mean it's antonio noki obviously and i mean so, especially because of it i mean still his influence on noah today yes it is sort of an Enochism promotion a little bit these days or maybe a lot you know uh for better or worse i suppose and so moving on to that, I, it is uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame season. So I just wanted to take a sec quick second to uh, plug. Uh, I got two articles up on VoicesOfWrestling.com. The first article I wrote was why I think uh, Shanshiro Takagi is a Hall of Famer. But if at the very least, he should be on the ballot at, because this is like DDT's 25th anniversary this year. And lo and behold... I got Shinshiro Takagi on the ballot <laughs> under non-wrestlers as a promoter, basically, because that's his only case uh, as a yeah. promoter, not a wrestler. And then I also have another article basically on why I think Tiger Jeet Singh is a slam dunk Hall of Famer because he is back on the ballot this year under the historical category. And he had only been on the ballot before in 1998 and 1999. And in 1999, he fell below the 10% threshold. Uh, I'm not sure why. That's just really surprising, given how big a star in Japan he was. I don't think he was quite as big as Abdullah the Butcher, but he was close. And so it just always seemed pretty obvious to me that he should be a Hall of Famer, given his Japan run from like 1973 to about 1992. Because in 92, he headlined like a Yokohama Stadium show against Onita in front of 30,000 people. So that's almost like 20 years as, you know, a sizable draw in Japan. Yeah. No, I think both of those, I think are like, both, like both of those articles are very well worth your time to read up as well. 
and uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if I would vote for either of them if I had a ballot, but like definitely like reading the articles like made me reconsider that. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll talk about this more later before the deadline, but I am voting this year for the first time ever, and I will be voting for both of them, of course. <laughs> no, that would be that. very weird, basically. Yes. You're like, both um, of these guys are slammed our call of fame, but I'm not going to vote for them. Uh, well, I think <laughs> I think Singh is absolutely a slam dunk. I think people are going to debate Takagi a lot more, but yeah. uh, there's promoters in the Hall of Fame basically based on how long they lasted. Like Don Owen is in there because he promoted for 50 years. Yeah. And he got a lot of votes and from... Portland was never nearly as big as like DDT is. Like that's the yeah. way, the way he, like the way what Takagi managed to make DDT into is not something like Portland ever even got close to. Right. Now, Don Owen also helped got over the line because all of the older wrestlers vote for him because he had good payoffs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps, but... You know, uh, but that's that was like so. I sort of look at that as sort of like your baseline of uh, you know what a promoter can be to get in. Yeah. So, but I mean, you uh, could argue that he is like the like Takagi is basically the greatest thing to ever happen to comedy wrestling, basically. Oh, absolutely, and I'm not even here to talk like defend his comedy as I am sometimes not a fan of it, but I I think it's just the influence and the longevity there. Yeah, and he's. As far as I think, he's like the <laughs> second most powerful man in Japanese pro wrestling after Kidani. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird to think about, like knowing where DDT originally comes from. Well, yeah, and that's the point of why, like, there's no yeah. one like him and why he should be a Hall of Famer. Basically. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, no, no. That's fascinating person. And so we will start and move on to All Japan, who had their show at uh, Corrigan Hall on October 2nd in front of 821 fans, which I got to say is kind of decent given uh, what this was main evented by. Yeah, uh, I think I was definitely happy when I saw the number. It's because the junior heavyweight title like really almost never gets to like main event a show. And really to kind of go to like above 800, like without a triple crown title match for promotion like all japan i would say you can count it as a win yeah this is the first time the junior title main evented cork and hall and i think possibly mm. any show since i want to say february or march 2013 i can't remember the exact date but it was main evented by i think kanemaru versus kai N no because kai had just become a heavyweight um shuji kondo I think. And that was the uh, the five-match series when Burning came into the company. Yeah, and that, that's that a very... You're talking about a very different promotion at that time. Yes. But still, I, that's the last time uh, the title main evented. Mm -hmm. So we had the opening match. And we'll just go through this undercard real quick because I thought there was really nothing to it. Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, and Jun and Rei Saito uh, defeated Shuji Shikawa, Takao Mori, Izanagi, and Hokuto Mori in 9 minutes and 38 seconds with a pile driver from Rei on Izanagi. So uh, Rei seems to be getting all the big falls, Paul. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Because he's the one who pinned Ishikawa. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, he is the more charismatic one. At this point, yes. So yeah. I think they see that in him for sure. Uh, match was, you know perfectly acceptable little opening match. Yep. 
Uh, next up, for the Gayori TV title, Toshizo defeated Dan Tamer in 10 minutes and 22 seconds with a Fisherman Buster. Um, I mean, it was fine. It was a little disappointing. It was just there. It wasn't even wrestle Like, Toshizo didn't cheat or anything, which is good, but it didn't really have any sense of, like, this guy's an aggressive heel either. Yeah, like, I don't really... him up. I don't even get why they did this. Like, I feel, felt like the whole, like, Dan versus Voodoo Murderers, like story felt concluded when like at Budokan when they did the AL Asia title match and he won so I don't even know why they did this one and yeah like I said it wasn't a bad match but it was also just kind of there had like no intensity and yeah it was just a perfectly acceptable wrestling match and then it was over and like felt really kind of nothing as we'll talk about later who knows where Voodoo Murders is going yeah um Next up, we had the Hokkaido Tourism Ambassador Showdown Special Singles Match. Toru Yanu defeated Black Mensa Ray in 7 minutes and 48 seconds by countout. I, I've said I was long over Toru Yano, but I was somewhat curious to see what would happen in All Japan against Black Mensa Ray. I thought this was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was exactly kind of what I expected it to be. It was just all Toru Yano shtick and yeah. I mean, it's not like that, that he even did anything different. Like, it was just literally, this could have been, like, he could have had the exact same match in New Japan. And there would have been no difference here. Like, it was yeah. so, bad so comedy. Yeah, so basically, Bachman Ray tried to, like, trap Yano under the ring, but it was Yano that ended up trapping Mensa Ray under the ring for the count out. Yeah. And then next up, uh, Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi defeated uh, Suwama and Kono in eight minutes and 32 seconds when Kono got disqualified. Uh, I thought there wasn't much to this match. It looked like it was about to pick up and then the DQ happened. You know, it was just storyline advancement. Yeah, I mean, really, the, the match was kind of pointless. I think it was all about the, like, post-match angle. Right, and, oh, God, I, I couldn't believe it, but I guess I should have seen it coming. <laughs> the Sato brothers joined. <laughs> Voodoo murders. They really are the dream warriors. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't know. Is this leading to them, like, turfing out Suwama? I think, maybe. I don't or know. Or is this going to lead to, like, them just shunting out all of the, like, non-All Japan members of Voodoo Murderers, like, back onto the Indies, and then we just have Voodoo Murderers All Japan version and Voodoo Murderers Zero One version? Yeah, I could see that. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... Taru as the Saito's manager, as not like a voodoo murders thing, would mm-hmm. be actually not a bad idea. He actually looked really good in the suit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to rationalize this, and I really can't. But we'll see. I don't know. No, I think he it would re- like. I think he like that's probably if they want to keep him around. That's like the way to go is to just have Taru be like the manager instead of having him wrestle. Oh God, yes, for sure. So, yeah, that was the big storyline advancement on the show. And then next up, when things really picked up uh, for the an All Japan 50th anniversary special match, Yuji Nagata, Yuto Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei Fujita defeated Kento Miyahara, Takuya Nomura, Ryo Inoue, and Yuma Anzai in 14 minutes and 14 seconds when Fujita used a crab hold on Inoue. Uh, this was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, this world. just... Like the the young guys, young lions, young boys in all Japan. I don't know what you can call the all Japan guys. 
they just like stiffed the shit out of each other. It was great. And they like wrestled their asses off and everything. And it was sort of fun, you know, because like Nagata and like Miyahara would get in there and everything for a couple of seconds. But it was really about all the young talent. And it was, oh, man, if if the crowd could have made noise in this match, it would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could actually like just feel like the murmur in the crowd where they were. But I mean, they did break like. Oh yeah, they made some noise, especially yeah, as it, yeah, yeah. it went on. But it's just an actual full cheering crowd would have been awesome. Yes, yes, that would have absolutely. That would have made the match even better. Uh, I think that also again like really showed that like they've got something here with like Yuma Anzai, like because I thought he looked really good in here as well. And obviously, I mean, New Japan has like an excellent school, but I think they all like really showed up here like in a way like it wasn't quite as intense but it kind of reminded me a little bit of those uh noah versus new japan like face-offs that we got yes. like a few years back definitely. like those were even more intense than this was but like this like definitely reminded me of it like it got close did you ever see the initial noah juniors versus new japan juniors matches from like i think 2003 2004 uh i don't think i have that's what sort of popped into my head with that because that was incredibly heated and that was before the heavyweights even started mixing it up really a lot yeah so like i would actually hope that like with nagata sticking around and maybe we'll get like a little bit more of this because i would definitely be in favor of that well and i think it would uh, definitely do the new japan like like young lions and like i think it would both groups like i think would very massively like benefit from having like other people to work with than just like the same one or two guys basically i want nagata to bring his little kazakh uh or big kazakh uh, oh yeah trainee. the big kazakh yeah Can't and then he can, name, he can wrestle cyrus <laughs> 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 yeah that would be awesome <laughs> um yeah because that guy looks like an incredible that guy looks yeah that that guy is a big unit like holy yeah. shit <laughs> well that's what Nagata managed to, he still managed to get a star pupil of his own, even if he couldn't get Anzai. <laughs> I think that's basically his rebound. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I couldn't get you my Anzai, so I'm just going to go to fucking Central Asia, just fight the biggest dude I can see, and just go to a random wrestling school, find the biggest dude I can see, and then just bring him over to Japan. Also, uh, one spot, I, because I've watched this match, because this match they put up on YouTube, which I thought was such a great idea. So if you don't have All Japan TV, you can mm -hmm. go on their YouTube channel and watch the match in full. And one, and I've watched this three or four times, and I, every time I see it, I burst out laughing. You know, when Nagata goes for his low drop kick fake, but while Miyahara fakes him out, and then Miyahara does the salute and then drop kicks <laughs> Nagata's leg. It is just so funny, and I just laugh every time on that. Uh, yeah, so no. this is obviously a very memorable match. Um, yes. So, like, check it out. Absolutely. And for once, All Japan does, like, a good marketing move by, like, putting something up for free on their YouTube that seemed to get some buzz. Yeah, for sure. I was, like, retweeting it constantly and everything. is like, you know, watch this, right? And and uh, everyone agreed. I think it, uh, the people that did watch it all mm -hmm. loved it. Yeah. So good job by All Japan. And then we go on to the World Tag Team titles. Uh, Shotaro Ashino defeated, oh, sorry, and Ryuki Honda defeated Kojido and Kuma Arashi in 14 minutes and 31 seconds with the final event uh, from Honda on Arashi. Um, 
I thought this was pretty good, especially in the closing stretch. Um, but I don't know. I guess I was kind of expecting even a little more from this. But I mean, yeah, it was still same. very good. It, it was good, but I would say it was one of the weaker title defenses that Ashino and Honda have had. Yep. Like, it was definitely still a good match because they're an excellent team. But I, I also went in expecting, like, a bit more. Like, especially after I actually liked that... Uh, Twin Towers versus I thought that match. Twin Towers match was better than this. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I was like going into this being like, oh, this is given how good Honda and Ashino have been, and given that Kumadoi managed to carry like the Twin Towers to a good match. That in theory means that they should have a great match with each other. But it it was it was good. But I was also like walking away being like, mm, okay, that that was it. Okay, that was fine. Yeah, but definitely was like. Could have been a bit more. Just yeah, I I don't even know why. Like, I, because there wasn't I, really anything wrong with the match. These guys could have used a couple of more minutes to really have a yeah. great final stretch, and I don't think they got that because they're capable. These guys could go twenty minutes easily and have an amazing tag match. I think. Yeah, but I, f- I feel like maybe they also wanted to like save up some time and really give like the junior match the yeah, time it deserved for sure. So. I guess it's just they just were basically the victim of like we need to cut some time somewhere. So you, you guys are just a semi-main, so you're just getting 14 minutes. Yeah. And in the main event for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Title, Atsuki Aoyagi defeating Rising Hayato in 17 minutes and 59 seconds with a Firebird splash for his first successful defense. This was incredible. I would say that it absolutely flirted with match of the year candidate territory mm-hmm. i don't think it quite got there for me but like these guys took the ball and ran with it to really establish like aoyagi's like we have a new junior division type thing and it was awesome there were some insane spots um hayato did a swanton bomb off of the post to the outside with aoyagi did you see on the that ground. he did the jeff hardy post before he did it yes uh I would say you should stop using Jeff Hardy as an influence, but, <laughs> you know. Um, but, and there was just, like, lots of fly moves, Poison Rana, lots of near falls. I thought it was really interesting, uh, the way, some of the structure, because, like, Aoyagi really um, looked like he had, like, Hayato's number early on sort of dominated, but then Hayato made the like quite the comeback, and that's when all the really crazy stuff started. And But... Uh, Atsuki eventually put him away, and I think this is a like generational feud in the junior division for year the next few years to come. Really, yes, yes, absolutely. Like this is what this division is going to be built around for like a while. So I really hope that they like these two are obviously excellent, uh, but they also need to have like a good division around them because like just like they need to have the complementary pieces as well. And I think right now it is mostly just a bunch of older guys around them. So I think that's really kind of the next step now is like you need to capitalize that you have something here with these two and actually like bring in some younger guys as well or build up some younger guys from your own dojo that are like juniors that you actually can have a proper division and can actually capitalize that you have two very special talents in your division right now. I think there's a case to be made for speeding up Ryo Inoue's development yeah because if he's just going to be an opening match rookie for like two more years i think that sort of doesn't help the junior division no exactly Uh, i think that's kind of where 
some of like some like all Japan has kind of been hurt a little bit by like sticking to kind of more of an old school development approach. Like they need base, they need basically they need bodies on the roster, so they kind of should speed people up a little bit. But I also feel like they should bring in people from the outside to be kind of their own trainees, like not just start them completely green, but maybe people that have trained elsewhere. Like for example, Hayato. Like yes, he is a product of the dojo, but he did wrestle prior to joining All Japan. Uh, he's still listed as a double contracted uh, Ihame, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. uh, pro wrestling. Yeah. So again, if you bring in guys like that, to kind of see somewhere in, like the lower indies, that you're like, oh, this guy has potential, then like just put him on a contract, or and then just bring him in. Yeah, I mean, I think they should probably, like, not use Oji Shiba as a jobber either. Oh, yeah, no, that, again, that's another guy that you probably should, like, like I said, I'm somewhat hesitant about pushing him just because right. of his, like, injury history. But, yeah, it's actually, well, I mean, okay, because I was talking about bringing younger guys, but I think there's actually one older guy that I think would be excellent for all Japan to bring in as just for, like, a quick run and then putting over Atsuki at the end of it. And that's Naruki Doi, who recently became a freelancer. Like, I think he would, would be perfect. Would he, would he be willing to do that? I mean, we're going to see what he does during his DDT, like, because he has, like, a bunch of DDT dates coming up. Yeah. So, but I, but I would say that Doi never struck me as, like, a guy that is very protective of his butt. Like, I think Doi always was, like, a guy that was, like, willing to put people over. Well, we'll get into this in a bit, but I don't think bringing in outsider veterans just to have Atsuki beat them is the worst idea either, though. Yeah, as, as, long, as, they're not, as long as they're, like, willing to, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. Put in an effort and they're not going to tiger mask it, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll just uh, preview the next two upcoming shows, and then we'll go over the real-world tag league lineup. Uh, so on uh, October 22nd, we've got the uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling 50th anniversary in Sanjo, the soul of a champion. Uh, Sanjo is uh, Giant Baba's hometown, so this is sort of what some of this sets up. Yoshitatsu 20th anniversary match. Yoshitatsu versus Suwama. That should actually uh, be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have the most surprising chemistry in history. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling 50th Anniversary Special Match in Sanjo. Masanobu Fuchi at Sushi Onida and Yuma Anzai versus Jinsei Shinzaki, Masao Inoue, and Ryo Inoue. <laughs> um, fascinating. Yes, that but, is a very fascinating match. So I would say Anzai is actually going to be on a winning side here. Yep. He's going to get his first win. Uh, Fuchi mm-hmm. might pin in a way or yeah. one of the inaways <laughs> one of the inaways <laughs> yeah. so yeah which anyway is actually taking the fall here? well he pinned masao at the 50th anniversary show so or maybe they maybe they just bribe onita with a win i don't know yeah um but i mean it'll be interesting to see uh i don't think yeah in a way and Anza have not been on the opposite side of a match yet so i sort of want to see them uh tangle yeah and which one kind of basically gets put into like the preferential position which well, in a way we'll obviously has seniority over him but 
ends well, like, not, very clearly. To... We'll talk to, about that in a second. I think it's clear where this is going. Yeah. Um, and the next up, we had uh, Tajiri and uh, Takuro Nikki from 2AW versus Izanagi and Black Mensurei. Um, sure. Shuji, Shuji Ishikawa versus Rising Hayato. It's such a bizarre match. I don't know why they... Yeah, I don't like Hayato taking another fall yeah. like this right after, but whatever. Uh, I mean, he just had another... a title shot. Like, you can just yeah. like, build him back up. It's fine. Uh, another match I'm not a big fan of, uh, for reasons we'll get into. Jun Saito and Rei Saito versus Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara. It's a non-title match for the all uh, for because Sato and Tamara are the All-Asia Tag Team Champions. I guess this is sort of like they want to sort of demonstrate that the Saitos are above the All-Asia Tag Titles. But I guess. I mean, it's the all We already know they are. Like. Yeah, I guess. Um and the next up, we have the Gungnir of Anarchy team, Shitaro Shino, uh, Ryuki Honda, Yusuke Kodama, and Sego Tachibana versus Jake Lee, Yuma Aoyagi, Atsuki Aoyagi, and Hokuto Omori. That should be pretty good. Yeah. Is this the first time we actually had the entire GOA team together? Uh, I'm not, I can't remember. Maybe? Because yeah, I don't think Bond has been like you know, cheering them on from the side. Yeah, exactly. Like I think we've we've had like a six man, but I don't think we've ever had them like all four of them together in a match. Yeah. So that could uh, there could be a setup for a junior title uh, upcoming junior title match in this possibly I think. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, with Kodama. Yeah, that is actually a possibility. Oh no, because the junior title match is the next day, so I don't know if they'll set that up before. Yeah, that's so, yeah, no, that's true. That would be a bit weird. So I would maybe touch a bond as just eating a fall. And I mean Minoru isn't in this match, so they can't set anything up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then in the main event, uh, for the Triple Crown and also Takao Mori's thirtieth anniversary match, Ketomiya Hara versus Takao Mori. Paul, I might have unrealistic expectations <laughs> of this match. Probably. Like because I'm like I think it's going to be fine. I don't Expect a match of the year contender. I think Amori has been good, but yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be bad, but I think maybe I just feel like Amori's going to go crazy because this is his 30th anniversary, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be his last Triple Crown challenge. Oh, yeah. I think that unless there's like another disaster with all Japan <laughs> where like half the roster leaves again, like I think this is definitely going to be his last Triple Crown challenge. But. Yeah question is so when Miyahara wins this does he also win Takao or Mori's 30th anniversary I do not believe that is on the line okay uh yeah um but uh I mean I think if they just go 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 15 to 20 minutes it could be really Mm -hmm. really good oh yeah I I think there's definitely like there's definitely a higher ceiling with this than there would be with like a normal Omori match let's put it that way yeah for sure um, so I'm actually quite excited for that, in all honesty. I don't know. Uh, just uh, I have a feeling Omori's going to really work hard. Yeah. And then like so going on with a bang, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, he worked really hard in that, like, five-minute match against Jake Lee. Like, yeah. So we'll see. Um, and the next up, we go to the next day on the 23rd in Osaka, Edion Arena number two. We got a show here. Yoshitatsu and Tajiri versus Izanagi and Black Mensa Ray. Sure. Jake Lee, Yuma Aoyagi, Hokuto Omori, and Ryo Inoue versus the Strong Hearts team of T-Hawk, Al Lindemann, Issei Onitsuka, and Shigehiro Irie. That should be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Jun hey. Saito. <laughs> uh, 
Jun Saito and Rei Saito versus Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai. Uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I would assume that the Saitos could be able to still pin Anzai at this point. Yeah, I um, think that's still fine. Like, if he is getting protected, but he's still a young boy. Like, this is still, like, his, what, fifth match ever? I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All-Asia tag team title. Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara defend against Yusuke Kodama and Seiko Tachibana. Uh, so, actually, I'm going to revise it. I think Dan Tamara is probably eating a fall in that tag the day before. Um. Yeah. Uh, and do you think they're retaining the titles, or do you think they're losing to JOA? Um, uh, they should retain, I think, and I think that's what they will. Because yeah, I, I could neither of neither I know that they're all Asia tag titles, but neither Kodama and Tachibana are contracted, and they usually at least have one of the champions contracted. True, like with the all Asia's or the tag titles yeah. in general. So I mean, I guess it kind of depends, like what happens in the next match as well. Yeah, I could we'll maybe see them that. put like both sets of tag titles on like Gangnia. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it like a thing where it's like, well, Dan Tamara is just a chase guy and not a champion? I think so. I like just the way he wrestles. He's not like a guy that should hold the title for a long time. Yeah. So we'll see about that. I'm, but I'm leaning towards Sato and Tamara, but mm-hmm. it's certainly not impossible for Kodama and Tachibana to win. Next up we have uh, for the uh, world tag team titles, Shotaro Ashino and Ryuki Honda defending against Suwama and Kono. Even though Suwama and Kono have not won a match, they challenged the tag champs and <laughs> got it. Um, Paul, I'm a little nervous about this match. It's not unusual to do a mm-hmm. title change shortly before the real world tag league, and I don't think they should, but how concerned are you that that will happen? I am somewhat concerned, but in a way, I'm actually less concerned since the Saito's turned. Right. Because, yeah, previously I would have been like, yeah, if any team from Voodoo Murderers is going to win the title, it's going to be this one. And also given the history with Suwama and Ashino as well. Yeah. Um, but I think because the Saitos have turned, I think they're the more likely team to take the titles of, of Honda and Ashino. Right. And there's a story already in there because they... Yeah. They lost they to them trying. and they were still faces and now they're coming back. As, yeah. Like they're going to win like Tag League and then beat them in January, I think. is oh, a story really? that okay. makes more sense to me. Okay. Um, that does make sense. So I think, yeah, like Ashino will make Kono, Kono tap or whatever. Um, and then we have the uh, PWF World. This is not in order, I should say. Um, for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight title, Atsuki Aoyagi versus Minoru, which, uh, I don't know, if he's got his working boots on, I think it would be pretty great. Um, yeah. We'll see. I'm also, again, like, I would assume Atsuki is winning this, but I don't know. You never know with the junior title in all Japan. But I, I would say, like, this definitely has a potential to be good. Well, first of all, a great wrestler doing the job is never an unexpected thing. And, uh, <laughs> and on the other end... I had, to think got... that, I had to think there for a second. <laughs> Wait, yes. oh, oh, right, right, I get it. And on the other end, you've got the Stronghearts team will probably will definitely win their match. Yeah. So they'll split the difference, right? 
Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and again, like I don't know what you would really, like, especially because Minoru was just like an all-later champion. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think there's really much of a point to like end Aoyagi's reign right now. Like I think you'd really want him to carry that one for a while and really establish himself to really like as he uh, as he said earlier. Like this is a new division now, and what better way to show that than like give the new ace like a lengthy reign? I guess a le- and and have him beat a legend. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, he's because Minoru's won all th- three junior titles, right? Noah, IW, GHC, IWGP, and then the All Japan, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, Did yeah, he win that's the quite... GHC one? Didn't he win it like two, three years ago? Like maybe in the Ledette years or something? Maybe, like it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Yeah, I'm just like, because he definitely won the tag, junior tag titles, the GHC junior tag titles. But, yeah, I think he might have had, like, a singles reign as well in there somewhere. Yeah, it wasn't even that long ago. It was, it was like, in the last five years, I think. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, when they were, like, pretty much just kind of devastated. And, again, it makes sense that he would win it during the Ledet reign. So. Or maybe it was just before. I don't know. If, I can't remember. the. Led, I can't, can't remember all the dates of Noah ownership changes. <laughs> yeah. All I know, I think the uh, – yeah, because – yeah, Suzuki you're right. Gun yeah, he comes... did. He did win it in 2019. Oh, in 2019, that's even yeah. more. I thought this was like 2017, 2018. Okay, so no, I no, think no, Ledet yeah. was that would have been Ledet. Like he, uh, but he held it for like he held it for pretty much exactly a month. Like he beat yeah. Daisuke Harada, and then he lost it to Kotaro Suzuki the next month, with like no other, with no other defenses in between. And then yeah, no, he has won like every other. Like I mean, in theory, like he also won the Yuda. No, well, that's middleweight. But he also won the zero one. Like he pretty much just like won and won like pretty much literally every like junior title in Japan that there is. Yeah. So that's a big win, I think, and he's gonna get it. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Atsuki's gonna get it. Yeah. And then so then we've got uh, Kento Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and Oji Shiba versus Takao Mori, Suji Ishikawa, and the Bodyguard. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It'll be fine, I guess. And Shiba will probably eat the pin. Yeah, so I guess Ishikawa is going to be the next challenger then. For the Triple Crown? Yeah, because he's going mm. to beat Hayato. He's probably going to pin Shiba here. I have a theory on who it's going to be, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Well, truly, we're not going to get a challenge for a while now. We're not going to get one until the Yeah, next they usually year, yeah. set it up out of the real-world tag league. Um, so, And I think I, I think I see where this is going. Okay. I don't know. But we'll get to my theory in one second. And then on uh, October 30th, there's a, just a Shinkiba first ring show called AJPW or hashtag AJPW Halloween Maniacs. Uh, Hokuto Omori versus Yusuke Kodama. Their team finally collides. <laughs> Ken, Kento Miyahara and Rising Hayato versus Yuma Aoyagi and Atsuki Aoyagi. That should be really good. Uh, rematch of uh, one of the best matches this year, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, Shotaro Ashino and Ryuki Honda versus Takao Mori and Masao Inoue. Yeah, you also um, forgot Yuma and I was Snowy and Well, I was going to say that for last because uh, okay. I wanted to um, talk about the other participant. Um, Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito versus Jake Lee, Shuji Ishikawa, and Ryo Inoue. Could you be any more obvious <laughs> with your match booking? I don't results? know. I wonder who's taking the pin here. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, you got to it. Yuma Anzai versus... And he's finally returned Naoya Nomura, uh, which A, should be a great match. Yeah. 
and uh, hope. I don't know. I I keep like working myself into this. He's coming home. It's coming he's, home. He's gonna do it eventually. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe we will see when they do the announcements of like people getting signed in January. Well, we while he's absent from what we're about to talk ne- about next, and I thought there was a small chance he'd be in it, but the real world tag league teams mm-hmm. were announced, Paul. And there's eight teams this year in one block, not doing the four by four like last year, which I thought I kind of liked. Yeah, that would um, pretty well. Yeah, because I, I always like find semi. it weird when a when a tournament doesn't have blocks. Like, always feels odd. Yeah. Uh, it works in the tag league, but I don't like yeah. the singles like that. Yeah. Um, so the tag league teams are Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura which is an interesting uh, team, and mm-hmm. they uh, are the uh, Can They Coexist team. <laughs> and then we've got the Saito brothers, Suwama and Kono, uh, Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda, your world tag team champions, Suji Ishikawa and Cyrus. I think we talked about that they had formed a tag team yep. last time. And here's a big one, Yuji Nagata and Yuma Anzai. It's going to continue to whisper uh, Okada's salary. Uh, into his <laughs> ear every time they tag. <laughs> Paul, you know who else debuted in September and was in the Real World Tag League that fall or that winter or fall? Uh, is it Von Drew Nakayama? It is. He was <laughs> in the 1992 Real World Tag League teaming with Akira Tawe. Um, now I can't say Anzai was quite as good as Akiyama was, but uh, it's uh, it's a big deal I think for yeah. him to be in this. I mean, there's other like people that became like absolutely standout, excellent wrestlers that weren't as good rookies as like Jun Akiyama is. It's just literally yes, like exactly. probably like a handful of people, like a literal handful, like five maybe in the entire history of wrestling that were as good right off the gate as Akiyama was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not big like Kurt Angle, Utami Hayashishida. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, Takumi Fujiwara. Yes. So it's a small list. Yeah. And then uh, Koji Doi, Kuma Arashi, and Koji Doi. And then uh, the team that they sort of been building up the longest, if you think about it, Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi. Finally um, together. <laughs> like nuts and gum. <laughs> I, w- I was more thinking about like the, the superpower, uh, the, the mega powers handshake. Yes. Um, and so just quickly... Uh, I'm not going to go over all the shows, even though the entire schedule is out. But just to look at December 7th is the final night. And this is there's no finals. Like this has always been sort of not always, but traditionally back in the days, like when this tournament started in the 70s, there was no finals. It was like who has the most points on the final night. And so on that show, we've got Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi versus Koji Doi, Suwama and Kono versus Nagata and Anzai. Miyahara and Nomura versus the Saito brothers. Mm-hmm. Ashino and Honda versus Ishikawa and Cyrus. Paul, does anything there scream at you what's going to happen? Well, to me, it's like the Saitos are going to beat like Miyahara and Nomura. Yeah. Uh, and does that, does that set up mm-hmm. Takuya challenging on January 3rd? That could, uh, is Takuya going to join Voodoo Murderers? <laughs> Well, no, but they're going to... That might be a thing where, like, they get upset, at, where, like, he gets upset at, like, Kento afterwards and then challenges him. Yeah. No, I could, that I, that could definitely see that happening, yeah. Paul, what are the chances that, because there's no tiebreakers in all mm-hmm. Japan tournaments, 
How, what do you see of uh, like a tie and then an actual finals? I could see that happen as well. So I would say in that case, I guess the most likely one, like, because to me, I think, the, well, okay, here's the thing. Who do you think is winning? I think it's Lee and Aoyagi, actually. What, so who would you think are they facing, like in case of a tie, who are they facing in like the final then? Miyahara and Nomura? I see, because I would maybe then think it would be the Saito's. Saitos. Yeah, that's very possible too, actually. Because I I, like, if that happens, I would say it's going to be Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi versus the Saitos. Okay. And I think, I think Lee and Aoyagi can beat the Saitos, and the Saitos lose nothing if they like, are in the quote-unquote finals. Mm-hmm. Like, I would um, still say they, they win, but yeah, I, I think like, the second likeliest team to me are like, Jake Lee and Yuma Aoyagi, yeah. I think, Ishi- I think Ishikawa and Cyrus beat the tag champs to yeah. sort of set up a tag team title challenge like in like February or something. Yeah, and I think Nagata and Anzai are beating Suwama and Kona on that final night. Yeah, to and that's them. sort of why I don't think... Okay, so one of the reasons why I don't think Suwama and Kona are winning because they're going to have Nagata and Anzai beat the quote-unquote... Yeah. Would they have them beat the World Tag Team Champions? I don't think so. No. And it would be weird if the Tag Team Champions are already eliminated on the final night. Yes. And, uh, well, I just, yeah. Now, is this going to be Nagata and Anzai's only win? I could definitely see that happening. I could maybe see them get a win over Doi and Arashi. Yeah. But then everything else, I think, they're just going to lose. I mean, it's fine. Like, it's already a massive achievement for Anzai to be, like, in this tournament in the first place. Like, literally, like, weeks after he made his debut. Yeah. And then, now, because every time I think that All Japan might do a tiebreaker finals in the Tag League, they don't. <laughs> um, what do you think of Lee and Aoyagi versus Koji Doi and Arashi basically being the finals with both teams in contention? That to me, seems like the most likeliest. See, no, because I think the Saitos are winning, so I think Miyahara and Nomura versus the Saitos are, is the most likeliest. Like, I think it's going to tell us a lot when we actually find out the match order. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have a match order yet. Yeah. So, so, for me, like, that one is, like, if we don't do a tiebreaker, for me, the final one would be Miyahara and Nomura versus the Saitos. So, but it just seems like they've, in well... They've done this whole, like, Yuma and Jake are teaming, and this has been sort of going on for a couple of months now. Mm -hmm. It just seems like they invested a lot into it. But I also think they're a team that doesn't need the titles. Yeah. Like, I think they're big enough. Like, I think they're almost bigger than... Like, I know that the tag titles are really important in all Japan, but in a way, they both feel kind of above them. Well, Jake needs something to do to rehab himself. Eh, that's fine. <laughs> and I would rather see, like I, like, I think they can still team together as, like, the home army. Like, I think this is more maybe, like, a thing to, like, establish the home army, basically. Where I think it okay. is also going to be a bit more free-flowing of people teaming with each other. And I, I would rather see, like, Yuma do, like, more single stuff, basically. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I could see... I could see them winning and then not winning the tag titles. I think that's also an option, yet. Yeah. Like I said, like, to me, it's like basically I think the Saitos are winning, but then the second team, the team I think is second most likely to win are Lee and Iyoyagi. Okay. 
I guess if you do have the Saito's win and then they beat Ashino and Honda on January 2nd, you've sort of yep. come full circle, and that is a good story arc, I suppose. Yeah, that, that's, that's basically my idea where, like, they came, they came back, they lost the tag title match, they turned, they win the tag league, and then they win the titles as heels, and then they're going to do with Voodoo Murderers, whatever they're going to do with Voodoo Murderers from there. Do you think that the so, like, like when the Saitos joined Voodoo Murders, they were all like, like chum, chummy, chummy with Suama and like embracing mm-hmm. and everything. And Suama had that big grin on his face. Do you think it's the Saitos that are gonna like turf Suama from Voodoo Murders like a double choke slam or something? I think that could definitely happen at some point. Yeah, where like maybe he's gonna challenge them and then they beat him and. Uh, then they basically kick him out of the faction afterwards because it definitely felt weird that they had like all of this like dissension in there and then uh, Tower's like no look I brought in your big I brought in your large adult sons aren't you going to want to <laughs> stay with us and then it's just going to turn into a thing it's like no actually we just wanted to fuck with you and actually hit the brakes this is, this is all Japan's version of uh, Daniel Garcia in the Jericho Appreciation Society <laughs> I guess, so Taro is the sports entertainer, I guess, and <laughs> Suwama yeah. is the largest version of Daniel Bry- uh, Brian Danielson. <laughs> no, he's a Daniel Garcia, right? They tease the deception. Oh, Suwama is back. Daniel Garcia, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he teased the dissension, but then he came back into the fold in the end. It's that young up-and-comer, Suwama. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is all Japan, and uh, yeah, you can look out for those shows uh, this coming weekend, and I will have reviews on VoicesOfWrestling.com of them. So before we move on to Pro Wrestling Noah, we'll just a word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. And so what is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, It's time to cozy up and save money by cooking at home. Fall is the perfect time to experience the delicious tastes and unparalleled convenience of HelloFresh. And have a packed calendar. HelloFresh is quick and easy meals like their 20-minute recipes or low prep and easy cleanup options mean you'll spend less time in the kitchen and more time with your loved ones. And let me tell you, Paul, as someone that has been eating out a lot less because of food prices and someone that's also been very busy, uh, something like HelloFresh is very attractive to me right now, actually. Yes, absolutely. And as I said as well, like, it's getting fall now, the weather's getting worse, so like you don't really want to go outside or like even to like buy groceries because the weather's so disgusting. So I think having something like HelloFresh where you can just get delivered to your doorstep so you can just watch the rain from the inside instead of getting wet. Exactly. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-65, that's all one word, and use code... V-O-W-65, all one word, for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-65 and use code V-O-W-65 for 65% off plus free shipping. All right, so we move over to Pro Wrestling Noah, who've had a number of shows since we uh, last recorded. They had a, one of their usual double headers at Corrigan Hall. 
we can just sort of quickly mm -hmm. go over those because not much happened on the undercard. On uh, October 7th, they drew 625 fans. Uh, we had Kai Fujimura defeating Teshi Ozawa in 5 minutes and 34 seconds of the crab hold. Yoshinari Ogawa, Jack Morris, and Yasutaku Yano defeated Nosawa, Eita, and Super Crazy in 12 minutes and 30 seconds of the small package hold uh, from Morris on Nosawa. Uh, Masato uh, Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, and Kendo Kashin defeated Masakitamiya, Shuhei Taniguchi, and Deki Inaba. Uh, when um, uh, Mochizuki pinned uh, Taniguchi with a sliding DK, uh, that was actually a pretty good match. Paul, mm -hmm. did you watch the show? I forgot to ask. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The there wasn't really that much on the undercard. Like uh, no. Then Shuji Kondo, Tadasuke, and Hajime Ohara and and Hiroki defeated uh, Tsushikatoge, Seki Yoshioka, Yohei, and Alejandro. This I thought was probably the best match of the lower undercard. It was just a fun junior mm -hmm. sprint. Yeah. No. This was like I said. It was like a fun sprint. And like I said, I think the junior division like. No, like it often gets criticized, but I think it actually has taken like leaps and bounds. And I think that will become more obvious once the big issue at the top of the card kind of maybe gets shoveled a little bit further down and isn't the focal <laughs> point anymore. Yeah. Uh, Hayata and Chris Ridgway defeated Ninja Mac and Extreme Tiger, uh, Tiger um, in 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, when uh, Hayata is a Watagame on Tiger... Uh, I, you know, I'm drawing a big blank on this match. I don't think it really stood out to me at all, even though, you know, it's got Ridgeway and, and Mac, who we'll talk about a little later on mm -hmm. some of these other shows, um, were, who had some great matches. And then Keno, Masakatsu Funaki, Kazuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya defeated Takashi Sugera, Satoshi Kojima, Naomichi Marafuji, and Kazushi Sakuraba in 22 minutes and 30 seconds with a vertical spike from Nakajima on Sugera. This was real, that was really good too. Yeah. And that led also led to a tag title challenge as well. Yep. So I think yeah. that's going to be an excellent match. Oh, for sure. And also the promo that Nakajima like cut on Segura and uh, uh, Kojima there as well. Like, did you see some translations of that? I didn't actually. No. Uh, he was basically just like I, basically just calling them old and being like, no, I'm here to like take the titles off of you. I'm like so sick of like old guys at the top of the card and I'm going to take you down. So clearly that will lead to Nakajima getting pinned in that match. <laughs> pew pew, he's shooting. <laughs> yeah. But also um, he keeps getting booked in title matches, so it's not yeah, punished. <laughs> I guess not, yeah. Um, well, I mean, well, I was going to say at the top of the top, top of the card, but I think he was sort of cycled out of that for other reasons. Yes, before he doesn't draw the, money. <laughs> uh, yeah, before uh, the, uh, the injuries happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and talking and about the, not drawing money at the top of the card. card uh, Kazuyuki Fujita and Hideki Suzuki defeated Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura in 1637 with a beast bomb uh, from Fujita on Inamura. I mean, I thought it was pretty good, but I don't think it was as good as some of those other matches that we no. highlighted on the card. And I'm still, yeah, I don't know. Like, Kaito looks like he's crying when he's facing off of Fujita. Like, it's yeah. so fucking weird. Like, I don't know what, what, what is this supposed to be? <laughs> Like, is that really how you want to portray your new champion? That, or like, or, well, I mean, I don't even think that that's like a fucking Noah, like that you told him to do that. That's just how Kaito is. And I'm like, dude, like you're supposed to be the ace of the promotion. Like you can't just stand there and like cower for, for, from like Cass Vegeta. Like, yeah, well, we'll you're not talk a young about boy. That. 
some more in a second. Uh, so we go to the next day on the 8th um, to 689 fans, which uh, that's one of Noah's better numbers in Corican. It's the recently. best number in Corican, actually, this year. This year. Wow. Um, so that's sort of interesting, I thought. Uh, Ninja Mac confirmed draw. Yeah. Is what we could take away from that. Yeah, I, I mean, the fucking took the Corican numbers for Noah, just like, I mean, they are what they are. Should they be better just based on, like, I know that they don't give Corican anything. Like, that's why these shows don't draw, because they don't put any big matches on them. But yeah. I think they should draw better just based on the, like, advertising power they have through a Beamer. Right. But, I mean, at this point, the shows are what they are. They're not going to, they're clearly not interested in changing their strategy. So it's just, like, this is what they are, and they're not going to change. I don't think they need to change this Corkin specific strategy. Mm-hmm. I think if the overall strategy of running the bigger buildings catches on and people are into it, then the Corkins will go up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like definitely. Like, so we're just going to see if like, if that strategy actually works out. Right. And so in the opening match, Mohamed Yone defeated Teshi Ozawa with a lariat in seven minutes and 58 seconds. I thought actually this was a fun little opener. Uh, Ozawa's impressed so far, I think. Yeah. He's no Yuma Anzai, but uh, there's something, they got something with him, I yes, think. Yes, Especially, Especially because he, he moves around. wrestles so differently. Yep. Um, and then Nosawa, Aita, uh, and Super Crazy defeated Shuji Kondo, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki in 11 minutes and 28 seconds with a Liger Bomb from Crazy on Ohara. Um, Extreme Tiger defeated Alejandro in 7 minutes with a reverse face bomb. I thought this was a little fun, little like high speed Lucha influence match. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely one of the better Extreme Tiger matches on this kind of run. Yep. Um, I think they should be pushing Alejandro more. Um, yeah. And then Yoshinari Ogawa, Chris Rudre, and Yasutaku Yano uh, defeated Seki Yoshioka, Yohei, and Kai Fujimura in 16 minutes and 53 seconds with an ankle hold from Ridgeway on uh, Yohei. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of the better kind of six-man Juna combinations they can put together. And yep. it really showed in the match. For sure. And uh, Yano doesn't seem to have been missing too much of a beat since he's returned from injury, no, which is I, good to see. Yeah, I, I really I, like him. Yeah, I really like him too. Like, there is an obvious ceiling with him because he's so small. But I think he has, like, he can be, like, a really, like, I don't think he's ever going to be the ace of the Juna division, but I think he can be an important cornerstone of it for, like, years. For sure. And then uh, Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, and Manabu Soya defeated uh, Masakita Miya, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshigi Inamura in 14 minutes and 53 seconds with the PFS from Keno on Inaba. Again, much like uh, many six-man tags on these Korokin, very solid, very good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tadasuke defeated Atsushi Katogi in 11 minutes and 21 seconds with the uh, Jidanda Lariat building up to the GHC Junior Tag Title match coming up. I thought this was pretty good as well. Of course, Tadasuke is a, a most improved guy, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yes, he definitely is for me. And then uh, Takashi Sugira, Satoshi Kojima, and Naomichi Marafuji defeated Masato Tanaka, Masaki Mochizuki, and Kendo Kashin. Uh, when Kojima used a uh, Western Lariat on Mochizuki, God, Kendo Kashin can't even do the job to Kojima. No, he's not going to book himself to take the fall, brother. No. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. That's yeah. really all you can say about this one. It was, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a match that was there that existed. 
Yeah. Uh, Hayata and Jack Morris defeated Kaito Kiyomiya and Ninja Mac in 15 minutes and 10 seconds with uh, Hayata use like a cutback uh, cradle on Mac, which I thought this was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. even, you know, with the Hayata factor. But it was just these four, well, three young uh, prospects <laughs> <laughs> um, really getting to show their stuff. And I thought it was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the classical one where like all the challengers, well, like champions and challengers face off. Oh, wait, no, that's Jack Morris is not the challenger for the tel- heavyweight title. Oh, that's weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that would have actually made the match even better if like Morris had been a challenger. But yeah, it's weird that yeah. they booked it this way. But I think regardless, yeah, it was a pretty fun match. And uh, I, I does this result make it more likely that Mac beats Hayata? Uh, no, because we'll get. Oh yes, it does. I I think so. Hmm? I mean, if they don't, it's so stupid. I, I, can't. I mean, you know, what, what, what else are you going to do with Hayata? Look, he's still yeah, going to sell the shirts to, like, the emo girls, like, regardless. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got Ninja Mac now. So, like, strike while the iron's hot because yeah. a year from now, if he has a r- big run in Noah, he's not going to st- – he probably won't stick around, I should say. No. Like, he's going to get hired by, like, a big American promotion or, like, New Japan is going to, like, reach out to bring him in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then so we go on to October 16th, uh, NOAA Demolition Stage 2022 in Fukuoka. Also, uh, Keiji Muto's last match in Fukuoka at the Fukuoka International Center, drawing 1,195 fans, which I would say is a slight disappointment. Mm-hmm because it's Mudo's last match there, because last year they drew like 12-something on Kaito versus Mudo for the GHC title. Yeah, but I mean, you also didn't have like a single, like it is, but, I, yeah. but really like the only thing on this ma- on this card that is like a draw is basically just the KG Mudo final match. Yeah. Because there was well, not, a, not a single something. title match on this. No. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I thought that would be a bigger draw that match alone i honestly. think we're kind of seeing what the limit is of just draw like the kg muto like thing is a draw but i think there is a limit to it and you still need to put other things on the card to like supplement it this is no antonio noki retirement countdown that had every match draw yes no <laughs> it's uh, i mean he's still i mean at least he's not getting the pen at least like when he's winning like like here he's not like the one actually getting the fault so yeah, for sure. Uh, so the opening match is... Uh, Paul, sorry, how much of the show did you see? Uh, I watched... I saw, like... Uh, I still need to go back and watch Nakajima versus Ritray, and I did watch it from the elimination match. Okay. So uh, we'll just go quickly. Manabu Soye versus uh, Taishi Ozawa, 5 minutes, 55 seconds of the body slam. I thought this was really good. I like the chemistry between uh, Soya and Ozawa. They've had a couple matches now. Uh, Muhammad Yone and Akitoshi Saito defeated Masa Kitamiya and Shuhei Taniguchi in 11 minutes and 20 seconds with the muscle buster from Yone on Taniguchi. Uh, actually kind of fun, I thought, for what it was in placement on the card. Uh, Nosawa, Eita Super Crazy, defeated Yoshinari Ogawa, Yasutaku Yano, and Kai Fujimura in 13 minutes and 19 seconds with the Imperial Imperial Uno uh, from Aita on Yano. Uh, this was actually... Uh, better than I thought um, and they sort of tried to give like the young guys a lot of shine and then Ogawa just like 
scowled at uh, <laughs> Peros, uh, but it was fun. And then after the match, uh, yeah, there was a lot of SCP... post-match stuff here. Yeah, um, Nosawa announces retirement. <laughs> <laughs> what a worker! Like getting to retire in the Tokyo Dome, just piggybacking yeah. off of the Muto retirement show. Well, I'm skeptical of uh, how legit this is uh, retirement. Of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, but also, we got the handshake between Eita and Ogawa. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, which I think, what does that mean? I mean, honestly, that would be a kind of cool tag team. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I haven't watched this yet, so I've really only seen like the clips that were uploaded on Twitter. But yeah, it definitely seems like Ogawa and Eita are, are a team now, and Eita has left uh, Paros, I guess. Uh, was that official? Well, no, but just looking at the reaction of like Nosawa and Super Crazy at yeah. ringside seems to me like he's done with them. So I, yep. so I guess he's joining Stinger then? Maybe. Uh, well, Peros has had uh, some of his members mysteriously disappear. Yeah, so is Stinger <laughs> going to invade Dragon Gate next? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to Perhaps. be fair, Ogawa and Dragon Gate actually would rule. Yes. But I also think, but I also think, Case Low would have a stroke of Hayata Pearson. <laughs> well, I can't blame him. Um, and then uh, next up after that, Paul, you got to go back and watch this match. Uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Chris Widgway in 13 minutes and three seconds with the vertical spike. This was great. Um, I rec- highly recommend it. Not match of the year level, but really good match. They kicked the shit out of each other. Um, which is interesting because sometimes Nakajima doesn't quite go quite as hard on the foreigners, but I think, you know, Ridgeway is a pretty serious, <laughs> like, legit tough wrestler. And so he probably wanted to yeah. have a stiff-ass match with Nakajima anyway. He probably told so they, him, no, nah, no, nah, nah, it's fine, just lay it in. Yeah. Uh, so they, like, had a sequence where they just kicked each other in the in the chest with the high kicks for, like, uh, a minute or two. Um, honestly, uh, I think Chris Ridgeway... And I, I wonder if this is happening mm-hmm. because of Ogawa and Ada now. They should move him up to heavyweight. Actually, yeah. He, like, he probably looked would be quite fine, a bit yeah. bigger than Nakajima in this match. Let me just take a look. Like, I didn't realize how much bigger than Nakajima he was. I oh. know Nakajima's not big, yeah. but it really stood out there in this. Yeah, he's 175 and 79 kilograms. So that fits right in like with like some of the smaller heavyweights in Noah. Yeah. They, they could do that. A, I've heard that. I, I actually hadn't even think, thought of that possibility. But yeah, that actually would be really good. I think it would be an excellent addition to the heavyweight division. Um, if uh, a certain uh, Timothy Thatcher uh, doesn't return, he'd also be a good addition to Segura again, I think, actually. Yeah. Hideki Suzuki, Hideki Suzuki and Chris Ray would also be a really fun team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, just... oh, I thought about that too. Yeah. <laughs> we have Timothy Thatcher at home. <laughs> It's a, no, it's actually <laughs> British Timothy Fetcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, go out and watch this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we had Kazuyuki Fujita, Takashi Sugera, and Masato Tanaka defeating Kaido Kiyomiya, Daki Inabe, and Yoshiki Inamura in 16 minutes and one second with a power beast bomb from uh, Fujita on Kiyomiya. Um, the uh, match was actually pretty good, I thought, uh, for the most part. But, of course, you had Fujita winning with the power bomb, And then after the match, he tried to hug Kiyomiya. <laughs> sure. Why not? 
this whole like storyline is so bizarre with Fujita acting so weird. It's. I don't know. You think he's winning? No, actually, I will go on my big spiel about that when we preview okay. the show. <laughs> I think Kaido's retaining, uh, and I will make some rather wild uh, claims about it too. Um, and then next up, we had an elimination mm-hmm. match. Uh, Tsushi Katoge, Seki Yoshioki, and Yohei and Alejandro defeated uh, Shuji Kondo, Tadasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki in 20 minutes and 26 seconds. And it basically came down to um, uh, Katoge defeating Hiroki after a horizontal cradle after uh, Hiroki hit him with a shit ton of offense. <laughs> but then Katoge just rolled him up and won, um, which was, I thought, interesting mm-hmm. way to sort of build up for their tag title match with Katoge being the champion, but whatever. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah, you know. I actually Certainly really like this. Like, all time. I, yeah. I always like when like Japanese promotions do these elimination matches. I think they're always like they find a way to make them like really fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and then Pro Wrestling Love Forever, X Fukuoka Final Trans Magic, Keiji Muro Satoshi Kojima and Ninja Mac defeated Naomichi Marafuji, Jack Morris and Hayata in 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, with the ninja bomb from Mac on Hayata. Imagine listing this match to someone like <laughs> 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna call it crazy. A, what do you mean it's Cage Mudo's final match on Fukuoka? And then also B, why is he teaming with Ninja Mac? And who is Jack Morris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually really like this, actually, for what it was. Yeah. Uh, Mudo seemed to be seems to love ninja mac too yeah everyone in noah loves ninja, loves ninja mac and basically and so and basically uh, mudo hit the shining wizard to set up that ninja bomb yeah right and i and that's no mistake i mean that's the sort of uh i think a vote of confidence in ninja he mac put he winning. put over ninja mac more than he ever has put over kiyomiya <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but um yeah so um i think it was a nice little match on uh, the countdown but, I mean, I guess it wasn't the most, like, effort put into a Mudo retirement match either, which I think could be some of the drawing yeah. uh, issues, too. I mean, it, it, um, there's no, like, special, like, tie to, like, Mudo's history here. Or, so, like... Other than teaming with yeah. Kojima. I, I, I mean, think. to be fair, it's also, like, I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest cities, but it's also, like, it's Fukuoka. Like, kind of get why they, like, have this, this one a little bit. Well, it's the largest city in... in Kyushu is the island, right? Yeah. But again, like, oh, well. I think generally in the rankings of Japan, like, it's not like. Yeah, you got Tokyo, Osaka, yeah, Yokohama. Exactly. Like, it's, it's not in that, Saitama, like, Kanto. Nagoya. To, it's not in that Kanto to. Uh, I think even Sendai and, yeah. and, um, and Sapporo would rank ahead of it, too. Yeah, right? yeah, like. Sapporo definitely. Sapporo, def- Sapporo definitely, and then obviously everything that is like, like Nagoya, Osaka, yeah, like yeah. all of those would I think would rank above that. So I kind of get why they were like, this is his last match in Fukuoka, but we also don't really want to like burn anything that we want to like draw in like the real major cities with. Right, and then our main event uh, contestant under what martial arts rules did they say? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, with uh, what it was like TKO submission or KO, and then they had yellow cards and and red cards. That's what they're going to use for the title match as well. Okay. Uh, So Kazushi Sakuraba and Hideki Suzuki defeated Keno and Masakatsu Funaki in 25-36 with Scorpion leg lock uh, on Sakuraba 
or sorry, from Sakuraba on Funaki. I think this was on a little too long. There was some good stuff in it, but yeah, this didn't need to go 25 minutes. Yeah, no. This could have been really entertaining, yeah, if they had cut it down, like, significantly. Like, 10 minutes too much, I would definitely say, but I would maybe say yeah, even, for like, sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah. If it had been 10 minutes, it would have been fine. So it might even be that it's, yeah. like, an entire, like, 15 minutes too much here. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think there is a potential for Funaki Sakuraba to be, like, a fun match under these kinds of rules, but I don't know. I don't give a shit who wins uh, that match. I thought Sakuraba was going to win, but I think now it's going to be Funaki. I mean... Is Funaki going to drop two straight matches? Is he going to drop that title at some point? <laughs> but then even if he dropped it to Sakuraba, then it's on Sakuraba. So it's like, I don't know, that doesn't excite me either. No, and, and it's strange. Beating Sakuraba doesn't mean as much as you'd think it would if you go back like 20 years. I mean, it, is, it also doesn't mean anything because it's fucking... Mazakatsu Funaki, it's not like we know who he is. Like it's not that's not gonna change. Like yeah. it's literally No, pointless. I mean I mean if if Sakuraba wins the national title and then drops it to someone else. Oh, that's what you mean. I guess. Yeah. I mean, okay. And Funaki's it, been more protected than Sakuraba has too. Yeah, and I would I would almost say like as bad as the rain has been, it's also gone on for a long time. So I think it's better if like someone else ends this like long title reign and not Sakuraba. Exactly. Exactly. Because at least you ended like a however many long months title reign if you take the title off of him. And again, yeah. Sakuraba doesn't benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, so again, that was Demolition Stage 2022 in Fukuoka. I would say a good show. Yeah. It's kind of forgettable. Like, and well, to be fair, from, from what I've seen, but that it definitely oh, was fun. I, yeah. Watch Nakajima versus Ridgeway. That was the match of the night for me. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Like uh, that—that's definitely on my list. Like I'm gonna go back and watch that one for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we have the uh, full card for the uh, Ariaki Triumph: The Return of Pro Wrestling Love Forever Three Triumph on uh, October 30th. It will be on uh, Abima as well as I assume assume a Wrestle Universe, probably with English commentary. Mm-hmm. Um. And so uh, it's listed at match zero, so it might be a dark match, but Kai Fujimura versus Taishi Ozawa, and then Shuhei Taniguchi, Alejandro, and Extreme Tiger versus Manabu Soya, Shuji Kondo, and Hajime Ohara, uh, Daiki Inaba, and Yohei versus Jack Morris, and Dante Leon no, is back. That's a fucking fire pro random team. Both of those. Yep. Oh, for sure. Um, Can't believe they brought back Pink Eye Boy. I don't know. I guess they liked him. Mm-hmm. Or everyone loves Ninja Max so much they will do whatever he asks. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I don't know. And, and Ninja then... Max needs better friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshinari Ogawa, Chris Widray, and Yasutaku Iano versus Nosawa, Eita, and Super Crazy. I assume there's going to be an angle yeah. involving this match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we need to talk about that Nosawa poster that he re- he tweeted. Oh God, yes, <laughs> for for so, his uh, for his indie show. Yeah, so uh, Tokyo Gurantai lives again. One last time, and, one uh, final ride. Yeah, and uh, what? Who's on the poster? Takamura, um, Dick Togo, yeah. Masada, Minoru Fujita. Yeah. 
Uh, there's someone else now. I can't remember who it was, I think. But... Let's see if I can find it. Okay, no, I can't find it right now. It's the greasiest poster. It's the greasiest posters you've ever seen. Like, yeah, you actually need to take a shower after you just looked at that poster, basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, though, given the old uh, Tokyo Gurantai show, if Minoru Suzuki doesn't uh, pop up on it. Uh, well, actually, there's someone else that should pop up on the final Tokyo Gurantai show ever. Who? Mil Mascaras. Oh, yes, of course. Who's a uh, and Tokyo Gurantai... Uh, Alumni. Yeah, he's pretty much the ace of the promotion. He's won every single match, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. But how old is he and at this point? Well, oh, he's, he's 80. 80 yes, yeah. perfect. Fly him there. He definitely wants to That's take not, a fucking... That doesn't stop great Kojika. Exactly. Well, I mean, Kojika doesn't need to fly to Japan on like an 11-hour yeah. flight, which at 80 yeah. years old is... Uh, it's rough, but is he still... No, okay. Well, his last match was in 2019, so... I think he might have actually hung it up now. Yeah, the he probably would have wrestled if there wasn't again if there wasn't a pandemic, but it wouldn't shock yeah. me if he's just like oh, I'm done now. Yeah, last, well, the last one was even like in March 2019. So, yeah. but he won his last match. So, of course he did. <laughs> I'm actually trying to look. When is the last time he was even on the losing side of a match? He did. He had a fucking IWA. Singles title match with Nosawa at Gurantai in 2016. Yeah, the last time he was even on. The last time, okay, that was by DQ, so that doesn't even count. Uh, that was in 2016, he was on a losing side for. But that was by DQ. And then otherwise, he has not lost for a long, 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 long time. I, I'm not, I don't mean like this would take too long. Three years, I would, I, I would believe you. This is like, I'm in like 2011 now and I still haven't found anything. So at this point, it's going to yeah. take way too long until I can even find it. Well, it's been over a decade. Yes, way over a decade. <laughs> and then, so after that, we have Hideki Suzuki and Elhio de Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, versus Masato Tanaka and Masa Kitamiya. That could actually be uh, pretty good. And um, for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title, Atsushi Katoge and Seki Yoshioka versus Tadasuke and Hiroki. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this will be pretty good, actually. Yeah. They certainly spent their time building up to it. And uh, then GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Hayata versus Ninja Mac. Yeah, just real quick, think... just, uh, like, just one last time bring it back to Mel Mascaras because now I wanted to look at the overall statistics. So he has had mm-hmm. 1,565 matches. How many of those were losses? Seven. It's, okay, it's not that insane. It's 215. <laughs> Oh, still, that's that's wild. Yeah, <laughs> he's won eighty point seven percent of his matches. Even Hogan wouldn't have that. No. <laughs> um. So, anyway, with Hayat and Ninja Mac, I think everyone knows how we both feel about this and who yeah. needs to win. No, this I think match. it's really obvious who needs to win this. Yep. Uh, and then the national title, I guess, uh, contested under karate rules. Masakatsu Funaki versus Sakuraba. And we just talked about that a whole lot. I think Funaki retains. Paul, gun in your head. Uh, Funaki wins. wins that why not? Yeah. Um, and then the GHC tag team title, Takashi Sugera and Satoshi Kojima, the champions versus Keno and Katsuhiko Nakajima. And this should be great. Yeah. I think it could be match of the show, actually. I think it has a very decent chance. I think it kind of depends how Kaito versus Fujita goes. Like, under the right circumstances, that could be excellent as well 
But I think this one is like the safer bet for like the match of the show. Yep, for sure. But who do you think is going to win? Um, I don't know. I kind of want Sugar and Kojima to retain. Yeah. Strange as that sounds. Yeah. I like where it's going. I, don't no, I do love Keno and Nakajima. Keno I do love them as a team, but I think there's still more yeah. truth with Sugar and Kojima. For sure. And then uh, the semi-main event, Pro Wrestling Love Forever 3 Triumph, Keiji Muro, Naomichi Marafuji, and Yoshiki Inamura versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Togam, Togi Makabe, and Tomoaki Hanma. I guess this is being sold as the last Tanahashi versus Muto match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he's maybe not going to be in the, the actual retirement match, but you never know. Uh, Would be I mean, weird if anything he wasn't past these people. In a way. Yeah. Because just how um, like instrumental like Muto was for like Tanahashi's early career. For sure. Uh, now, is Inamura getting pinned by a high fly flow, or is Hanma eating a pin here? I think those are really the only two options. I would say yep. that Inamura's eating a high fly flow to me is the most likely outcome here. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. But I mean, at this could I mean maybe this is actually it's Hanma. Though. Yeah, it is. But he also didn't take the fall in uh, great as well. That's true. But it's also I think. I think Kijimuto could get Tomohaki Anma to do a job oh, absolutely. easier than Great could. Absolutely. So I'm sort of leaning towards Mudo's team, mm-hmm. but uh, it wouldn't shock me otherwise. I, I mean, here's the thing, actually. I would say it's actually maybe more likely that Tanahashi will be in the retirement match if he's not on the winning side of this match. That's that a sense. good point, actually. Yeah, for sure. So if Hanma is the one eating the pin here, then I think it's more likely that Tanahashi is going to be in the final match. Whereas if he just basically beats Mudo's team here, he's not going to beat Mudo, but he's going to beat Mudo's team. Like then I think, yeah, that is kind of the final like face off between them ever. Honestly, I'm sort of looking to- forward to- towards some Inamura versus Tanahashi. Oh yeah, that actually could be kind of, actually kind of Inamura and Makabe Loki. I mean, Makabe is not going to yeah. be motivated, but at least... like He's not going to take any of Inamura's moves. <laughs> in theory, it could be a fun matchup, but yeah, it's not yes. going to be in like actual real life. <laughs> and then in the main event for the GHC heavyweight title, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kazuyuki Fujita. So yes, I do think Kiyomiya is winning because everything they've told up to this point suggests Kiyomiya winning. If Fujita wins... Kiyomi is done. He might as well go to report to Orlando to the Performance Center because there's a bigger, better chance of being a star in WWE than he does in Noah at that point. Like, I think Suwama and Kono have a better chance of winning the tag titles <laughs> than Kiyomiya losing to Fujita. I think Taco... Well, no. I'm not going to say... I think Taco Mori has a better chance of beating. No, Kiyomiya. I think that's going a bit but far. I think there's a lot of other... I don't know. I'm, it's just, it's mind-numbingly stupid. And, it, and like, I don't understand. I don't see how Kiyomiya recovers from this. I don't. Like, that's the mm. final nail on the coffin yes. as far as I know. No, concerned. it absolutely would be. Uh, but again, it's also, like, the thing where, like, Fujita never actually lost the title. Like, he got COVID. Yeah. And so, and we're still not out of the possibility of, like, them doing that Keiji Muto does something with the title during his retirement tour. Yeah, I guess. And they did originally have that planned as like Fujita versus Muto, basically. Yep. 
So if that's still in some ways in the cards, then I think that's the best chance that like Fujita wins here. And I know I, I fully agree with you that that ruins Kaito. That that's basically he's done. There's done no after coming that. back. It's it's no, far it is. worse than even what Mudo is. It done. is. It is. There's no coming back from it. But I'm not sure that they realize that. Are they that dumb? I don't know. That's really dumb. It is. It is. It would be incredibly stupid if this is really all about just like using these old guys to like build up the next generation. But and then why couldn't have Fujita just beaten Keno for the title? I mean. He could have, but maybe they felt like that they needed to put the title on Kaito with the, all of the momentum like coming off of like beating Muto and then him winning the N1. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, I agree it would be completely stupid. I also would say it is most likely that Kaito is going to retain. Like, I'm not saying that it is like the most likely outcome here is Fujita winning, but I'm also not going to put it beyond the realm of possibility. And like I said, I fully agree with you that if they do it, it's the dumbest move possible and it really is kind of like just ruins Kaito Kiyomiya forever. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. So <clears throat> then we move on. So that's Pro Wrestling Noah. We have a special bonus show that we're going to talk about, yes. Paul, because you were really enthusiastic yes, about it. Yes, this is a great, sh- this is a great it, podcast now. I mean, it's always been a great a, podcast, are, but this is now also a great a, podcast. Podcast, yes. Um, I guess we probably should have covered great before because I've been watching most of the shows, yeah. but I guess we never got around to it. But we're going to do it now. Yeah. Great version X in Corican Hall on uh, October 9th. 1,025 fans is their biggest Corican number mm-hmm. yet. So that's a good sign. Yes, as long as so it's not start... paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I think the, a lot of the fans there seem to be really yes, into the product. Yes. They got merch on and, and everything. Yeah. I mean, papering right. also, like, sometimes can also just lead to people being like, actually, I like this and I'm going to come back and actually pay next time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we open up with a Ledette UWF rules match. And you have to say Ledette UWF. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that, but, like, I think someone on the great roster just called it a UWF rules and rule yeah. match. And then, like, the great. Uh, account was like, nope, it's Ledet <laughs> UWF. UWF because that's what they own the trademark to. They don't own the trademark to UWF. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. <laughs> um, Minoru Tanaka defeated uh, Kataro Nasu, who I have no idea who hmm. that is, actually. I don't think I've ever seen him before. In four minutes and 15 seconds with a Minoru special. Good yeah. opener, but way too no, short. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was also the opener. I think Tanaka also looked good here. Like, I think yeah. it was just like a nice, like, get in, get out, and that's kind of what I like about like the UWF kind of matches where like they, it's believable if they end this quickly. Yeah. And then the next Ledette UWF rules match, Takanori Ito and Yu Izuka went to a draw against Hikaru Sato and Hideki Shrek Sakin in 20 minutes. Uh, I saw, I watched this um, recently. It was a few days after the show. I saw some people say that this, um, went like drag but i thought this is actually pretty good i really like this as well i think like i'm not a big fan of shrek although i've seen him have a great match and hard hit i have i you know what my beef with shrek is what is it well he uh he may have uh caused naoya nomura's injury oh yeah true (laughs) uh now something like that's probably a build-up but 
he's not exactly a, a good trained no, wrestler. He's not. And he was having a grappling in that he had a grappling match against Nomura, and that was Nomura's last yeah. match for over two years. So that's uh, my beef yeah. with him. No, but I actually have seen him have a great singles match with Sato in Hard Hit. Uh, that was, to be fair though, that was literally like I think a day or two uh, after Aoki's death, and both of them were really oh, okay. close with him. So I think that was actually like yeah. them just getting their frustrations out by just absolutely beating the shit out of each other. For sure. Uh, like, because Shrek actually gave a post-match promo where he, like, started crying. Uh, so, but that's literally, like... And this is, like... This has been the best match I have seen him in since that match, basically. So, <laughs> to make okay. a long story short, I actually also really like this one as well. Uh, yeah, I, I can see why people, if you're not into the style, where you think this might have dragged, but, like, I, I like the style, so I thought this was, like, really good. I thought everyone like worked really well to the style, and obviously Sato is always really good when he like gets to go in there and can do like this kind of like UWF style match. So and he delivered here now, as well. Here's here's my critique. We are now thirteen. No, sorry, uh, fifteen months into great mm-hmm. from their first official show. You got to start giving these young guys wins instead of just drops yeah. and losses. Yeah. But other than that, it was a good match. I mean, they, they, you do up, get wins if you're in bulk orchestra, but everyone yes. else doesn't, you know. Um, and then Ledette UWF rules uh, Mika Awata of um, Sendai Girls and Tomoka Inaba of Just Tap mm-hmm. Out defeated Michiko Miyagi and Maya Fukuda in 9 minutes and 45 seconds with the TKO. Uh, Iwata uh, knocked out Fukuda with a high kick, which is funny because... Awada does a lot of jobs in Sendai <laughs> Girls, but she gets the win here. Uh, poor Maya, she is even ranked lower than uh, Miyagi is. Well, to be uh, fair, Maya is also still like pretty new. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really the story they played up here as well, where she was like the like rookie that also was kind of like out of her depth, basically. But they ha- they've had her just take beatings and beatings in all of her yeah. matches, like against Chihiro, Hashimoto, and everything. Uh, I guess, so that re- result isn't surprising. I thought it was actually pretty yes, good, though. I actually liked this one as well. Like, it was really hard-hitting. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, it was a Joshi, like, UWF rules match. Like, like Joshi wrestlers already are always just willing to just beat the shit out of each other, but then you put them into, like, this type of rule set, and they're just going to go even harder. So, yeah, I thought this yeah. was really good. Uh... Will he or won't he sign with a major company, Bandito and Commander, then defeated Kaz Hayashi and Soma Watanabe in 9 minutes and 49 seconds with the Commander-style 450 splash uh, from Commander on Watanabe. Again, I thought Kaz, when I watched this, I didn't know who was going to take the fall, and I thought Kaz was just going to put them over. But once again, the young guy does the job to the outsiders. Um, but this was a lot of fun, and I think Commander got and Ban Bandito got over yes. big. I mean, Commander is kind of the new hot luchador, basically, who does crazy yeah. shit. Like he's basically like Vikingo from like three, four years ago. But he, somehow he's even more insane than him. Like he, like yeah, his body control is just absolutely out of this world. Like that rope walk that he does is just like shouldn't be physically possible the way he does it. Like, he seems to actually defy, yeah. like, the laws of physics at times. For sure. And um, 
Oh, I forgot to write it down. Uh, but they announced some more foreigners coming mm-hmm. in, and the only one I remember is Luigi <laughs> Primo. Ah, it's a Luigi Primo. Uh, so great! Uh, quickly heading in a DDT style direction. Is he, is he gonna? Is he gonna bring? I mean, obviously he's gonna do the pizza dough thing because like, why else would you bring him in? Yeah. But it is kind of like a random grab bag of foreigners. Otherwise, like I also don't remember Who all of the there? names. Um, there was. Definitely wasn't there a res, I think, who was there as well? Yes, yes. That should be good. I yeah. like a res a lot. A res was in there. Um, um, U something. I forgot his name. Yutani. I think Yutani was it. U- Yuda or Yuma? No. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Um, then there was like... Americans, other Americans as well, um, but I don't remember who it was. Yeah, uh, I don't think Bandito will probably be available to great in the near future. I mean, it depends but, if uh, he signs or not. I, I think he's going to yeah. sign with AEW he probably. Um, yeah, uh, does Commander get snatched by someone else though in Japan? I mean, if I'm Noah, I'm bringing in Commander. I see this, and I'm yeah. putting Commander versus Ninja Mac is basically what I would do if I was Noah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, yeah, because New Japan won't take luchadors unless they're CMMO. CMMO yeah, exactly. Right? Basically, generally. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Noah could take them, or DDT even. Um, so you never know, right? I just don't think Great could hold on to any breakout foreigners for very long. No, probably not, but, uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, for now, yeah. I'm... It's it's always interesting who actually gets over out of like the foreigners because sometimes it's not the one that you expect to get over. Right. Yeah, Luigi Primo is probably going to end up getting over and uh, becoming the foreign ace basically with our luck or <laughs> maybe, my luck. I, maybe. I don't. I don't like meme wrestlers in general. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, like, it's really weird to bring him into grade and not DDT. I'm convinced that Shishima saw it and loved it, and that's why he's... he's uh, or that's in at least my headcanon. I guess so. Shishima saw Luigi Primo and was like, I need to get that guy into... And I mean, I fully expect uh, that all of the foreigner bookings are all done by Shima. Yeah. I think that's a very safe assumption. Yeah, yeah, because... For sure. And then... Um, Next up, we had Jake Lee and Czech Shimitani defeating Shima and Jun Tancho in 12 minutes and 14 mm-hmm. seconds with the uh, D4C from Lee on Tancho. I thought this yeah. was good. I just can't remember anything Jake Lee did in uh, it. To be fair, well, get the here's the thing, though. Like, that's why I actually kind of like Jake Lee in this. Because he was basically just a base. Like, he actually showed that he can actually... Because he's in all Japan, so we never really get to see him, like, base for wrestlers. Because he just wrestles like a bunch of big guys all the time uh so him actually being in here and being with like a few more like high speed guys like he actually could show that he's actually like an excellent base for like flying wrestlers so and he also seemed like pretty motivated so i think like if he actually wants to like wrestle more like outside of all japan i think great actually would be like the best spot for him to do that because he can like really wrestle like a very different style than he does normally 
Okay. Well, I don't know. I just he just didn't stand out to me in this. I I, I don't know. I thought it was actually good though because I thought uh, Tancho and mm-hmm. Shimatani were great. See, and yeah, exactly. That, that's what I mean. Too. Like that. That's the thing about a good bass. You don't notice that they're a good bass <laughs> unless you look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then so next up, uh, this is billed as a great open challenge match. Kaido Ishida defeated Tetsuya Izuchi in 17 minutes and 36 seconds with the half tiger suplex hold. This was great. So awesome. <laughs> so so good. This is this is an act. This is like a full on like match of the year contender for me. And not just like match oh, really? of the year wow. contender. This is like right now is like pretty high up on that list as well. I mean, I, Ishida really took it to Izuchi, too. Both of them took it to each other. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, Izuchi as well just started off, like, hot, just, like, immediately just stomping down on Ishida. Like, and I think they have something here with Izuchi. Like, I know he took the loss here, but I think they have something with him. Yeah. It, his look right now is a little bit of a Okada cosplay look, to be quite honest. <laughs> but I think he has, I think he has a presence like, I think he's someone well, I mean, that they could, like, if they build him up, like, he's someone that could be, like, potentially be, like, a top, top guy in the promotion. I think they like him, even though he does jobs. Yeah. He does jobs to big named outsiders, right? Because they put him against Miyahara. Yeah. And Ishida, obviously, is going to get, like, a rocket push. So I'm not upset that, like, Izuchi didn't get the win here. So I, I think yeah. this is this is also like this is obviously not going to be the last match between these two. Like I actually expect that the next time these two face off against each other, it's going to be a title match. Yeah, I was just going to say, you think Ishida's beating? Yeah, Lindemann? I think Ishida's beating Lindemann. And do you think that gives great and even more of a we're a Dragon Gate split than they had before? Um... And do you think that's? Good or bad? I mean, that, that just matter. is what they are, isn't it? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. And maybe, but also, like, I think Ishida is also, like, like I think putting the title on Ishida is also striking while the iron is hot. I think Lindemann has I been agree. a good champion, yeah. but I think right now it's also a good time to end his reign as well. And I think putting it on the big, like, I mean, it's also, like, a jump, basically, right? Because Ishida jumped directly from Dragon Gate to Great. Yeah. So I think capitalizing while the iron is hot, I think, is also the right whereas, decision. Whereas Stronghearts went through how many promotions before they ended up? Yeah, in exactly. Like they went for the entirety of Japan until the end. Uh, they O-W-E, found it great. Yeah. And then they were in AEW until the pandemic. Yeah. And then. Uh, they had a yeah. run in Big Japan. They had a run in Noah. They had a run in. Yeah. Like, no, they didn't have a run in Noah. That's like the one promotion they didn't go to. But yep. like all Japan, like everyone except for Noah, and yeah, then they found great, and they also have a run New Japan after that. So no. yeah, although that seems to have cooled yeah. off, or at least at least the great guys in New Japan, yeah. although the New Japan guys still will come yeah. to great, as we will see in a moment. Uh, and then next up, uh, we had uh, T Hawk Al Lindemann and Issei Onitsuka. Defeating Tamoaki Hanma, Shigehiro Irie, and Kazuma Sakamoto in 16:01 with the Cerberus uh, from T Hawk on mm-hmm. Irie. Uh, another good match, yeah. I thought. And some storyline development of like a bit of like dissension, basically, within Stronghearts, with yeah, uh, uh, Irie A being on the other team, but also then kind of yeah, like the finish was. How did the finish go again? It was basically. Who accidentally hit Irie? 
like someone accidentally hit Erie and then T Hawk hit Erie for the pin with the Cerberus. I can't even remember now. Um, there was some sort of miscommunication wasn't... spot that led to Erie getting pinned. Yeah. And then afterwards, they were basically like, no, 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 we're all still friends. But I think there is definitely some dissension there with T-Hawk and the rest of Stronghearts. Yeah. Which I think is the best move for T-Hawk's career at this point, where he might just be better to like split off from Stronghearts and yeah, I think so, do yeah. his own thing. Because he's the one that seems to have been going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, also I saw on Twitter, uh, Kazma is taking some time off, I think because of injury, although the translation was not. Great. He's definitely taking time off. I just don't know. Yeah, which is a shame because he has uh, been really good. With extent. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I guess I assume Bulk Orchestra will sort of stay together, though, because they seem to be the biggest unit in the company. Yeah, I think that that's definitely, yeah. I mean, they also still have the tag titles. So. Yeah. And then in the main event, no DQ match. Juna Kasai and Masashi Takeda defeated Ryuchi Kawakami and Hayato Tamara in 21-21 with the cross-arm stimulation from Kasai on Kawakami. Paul, I am of two minds mm-hmm. of this. Uh, it started off as a tr- your normal hardcore match with lots mm-hmm. of blood and everything. And then I thought the last few minutes were really great. But I don't know how I feel about <laughs> this kind of match and great, honestly. To be quite... I don't know. That's the feeling I I mean, got. I also really like kind of the final minutes of the match. I know a lot match. of people who liked it a lot, though. I was a little bit disappointed with the early portion of the match, simply because people sold that yes, as like was... the hardcore match. And it didn't yeah. go far enough for me. That was my issue with it. Oh, yes. really? Or you expecting light yeah, I'm, I'm a deathmatch guy. I fucking, like, I was like, oh, this is fucking Kasai and Takeda. And I'm just going to grab some light. Like, we're going to see people go into, like, a bed of light tubes and going to see a lot more blood Whereas than we did. Early on, it was just, like, the Freedoms team stomping yes. them and cutting them. Yes. It wasn't, like... I mean, they were really dominant for a good chunk of the match until, like, the final minutes yeah. when, when it was a bit more of a back and forth. And I actually liked that part a lot more. Oh, yeah. The, the final few minutes yeah. were great. Um, and I'm not anti-deathmatch, but I just didn't think that fits in to what great is. Now, to be fair, one of the aspect, one of the reasons why I liked this show so much was because it was such a like buffet of wrestling. Because he pretty much had like every single style of wrestling like being represented on the show, including like hardcore deathmatch style. So I think if you're doing a show like that, I think it is fine to have a deathmatch like this. But overall, I, yeah, I don't think it would fit in great, but I definitely think it's fine if you do it like this as like a like special attraction, basically. Okay. Yeah, uh, although I'm actually not against uh, bringing back Takeda and putting him in a Lede. Oh, God, a yeah, no, absolutely. Actually. Or if you actually do like a combination of the two, you do like a UWF-style hardcore match where you just... No, it's basically it's a UWF match, but with light tubes. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, you'd have to, like, do the rules in such a way that it makes sense because I feel like hardcore and then, then the main gist of the UWF uh, style would sort of come into conflict. Now you just put the light tube. You just basically replace the ropes with light tubes and then do it that way. Oh, okay. Oh, and so instead of losing points, you just run out of rope breaks because okay. the light tubes exactly. are all destroyed? 
and then the and then you basically do grappling on a floor covered in glass. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, you should uh, email June Kasai right now. I'm gonna email like Takeda because he probably would be all over that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I would say if something like that happened, it would be more likely to actually be tried in freedoms first before it goes anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, so that's great. Uh, but it was yes, a good show. I, I thought this was an uh, excellent absolutely. show, like just because there were like so many different styles of matches. Like you had like the UWF ones, you had like the crazy lucha match with Bandido and Commander, you had like the excellent singles match between uh, Izuchi and Ishida, and then you had like the hardcore match at the end of it. Like I think like if you've never seen a great show, I think this is like an excellent like jumping off point to be honest. I feel like they have, um, I'm not going to say they lost all momentum over the summer, but it just felt like there was a dip, but I feel like they've regained some yes, after the show. Yes, I think this is definitely like the most buzz the promotion has gotten, because I think otherwise really the biggest buzz in their promotion have been like a Lindem and title matches and not much else. The big thing before this I thought was Irie versus yeah. Lindemann. And now I think you kind of, you have like Izuchi versus Ishida, and then I think just this show in general. Yep, for sure. And then, yeah, because they got a lot of shows coming up. They got what, I think, Tokyo Dome City Hall at the end of the year, or is it like January 1st or something? Yeah, something like that. Like that. But it's either like on New Year's Eve or the 30th in, or New Year's Day or something like that. Uh, so that'll be something to look mm-hmm. forward to. And I guess we'll probably cover that, assuming it's on YouTube. Yeah, for yeah. Again. I mean, they always are. Like, I don't think they've announced anything about them having any kind of streaming. Service. I guess the only show they. The only show they had on New Japan World Pay-Per-View was the one with uh, Doki, yep. right? With yep. the main event. So, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, it, yeah, I think I maybe I could see them wanting to do their own streaming service eventually, but I think the YouTube stuff is really helping them build an yeah, audience. Yeah, definitely. I think for now that's like the best solution for them instead of just making their own like bespoke streaming service and then, I don't know, getting like a fraction of the people that watch you on YouTube right now. Like, because I don't think if they made their own streaming service, I don't think they would like break even on that. No, but if they, even if they were doing what your twit casting pay-per-views or Shima filmed on his iPad. Oh yeah, that's right. They wouldn't have half the buzz they do. So I think this really helps them. And like, because I think right now their goal should be like getting people into the building. And I think, like that should be the first priority in building an audience that like, might be interested in coming to your shows by like showing like the stuff on YouTube, basically showing them like, hey, yeah, this is fun watching it on the screen, but it probably would be more fun if you're there live. Definitely for sure. So yeah, uh, we will, uh, I think, do more great coverage from here on yeah. out. Paul, any final thoughts on anything? Uh not much but yeah as i said like i think we're going to cover like a lot more like like i was only half joking when i said this is a great podcast now so uh, i definitely think like they deserve like a lot more of our attention and uh probably going to give it to them going forward definitely all right and so we'll be back in i guess two weeks time because we'll have the big all japan shows and then we will have the return oh uh to ariaki coliseum which we forgot to mention we'll have cheering That is going to be a massive so difference. We will see how over Kaido Kiyomiya is. <laughs> so who do you think is over more, Ninja Mac or Kaido Kiyomiya? 
Uh, we'll yeah. finally find out <laughs> who really drew that 689 <laughs> Hall. All right, for Paul Vosh, I'm Gerard Detrolio, and we'll see you in two weeks.